But we'll have to see what everybody thinks about this episode. Oh, um, we're going to jail. I, <laughs> I hope you're not afraid of jail or bracelets because they're not here yet, but they'll be here by noon. I'm sure they've already been called. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 52 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. We're kicking off 2020 with a two-part feature exchange with Nussbaum driver Mike Stumrider. As you'll hear, I originally invited Mike in uh, at the fascination of his hobby slash business of beekeeping, but we actually don't even cover that topic in this episode, and that's going to come next week in part two. I really didn't expect that we would uh, actually talk so extensively about Mike's journey and his experience in trucking, but I'm really glad that we did. His journey is filled with numerous life lessons that include one very tragic, life-changing event. But from those experiences, Mike has come out a better driver and a stronger individual. And we're even able to reminisce and laugh about some of the minor infractions we've both gotten away with, and uh, including one particular stop sign most of you are familiar with. Here is Breaking the Law with Mike Stumrider. So Mike, you are a driver here at Nussbaum. You've been doing that for a while and you've been driving for quite a while. Tell me, you, you, I think you just told me you've been in the industry for about 17 years now, right? Yes. Yeah. What got you in? Um, it was a moment with my stepdad. I was lumping furniture through North American van lines, um, working well, when I was 16, 17, just hired on cash, labor, mm-hmm. money is great. I mean, we went, we're comparing, you know, in, a, a industry job compared to McDonald's. I mean, of course it was great, but when right. you're 16, it's even, it's even greater. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you, you no felt doubt. like, you felt like a king. I mean, you really did. I mean, I had cash free, tax free money. I wasn't paying taxes anyways, even if it was taxed. So I always had a handful of cash on me. Money wasn't an issue back then because I was 16, didn't have a place, didn't have, didn't have all that stuff right. going on. So it was it was just Life fabulous. was great. Life was grand. <laughs> I was, you know, you see Deadliest Catch. I was one of them guys that were just making money hand over yeah. fist. And it was it was beautiful. I had, I had exercise. I had, a, I had a build going on. So I was in my prime. I mean, it yeah. was great. Um, got into that. Uh, got better with the moving of the furniture and, and that industry. Decided I want to drive trucks. I started out gradually slow, got my B. Mm -hmm. Never actually obtained my class B. It was more of a learning permit. Okay. And how I say I had it because I did did and I didn't. Every time you go on jobs, you'd have a driver and then the helpers. Right. Well, you mentioned that you have a permit. Permit driver is just getting paid like a helper because he doesn't have his license, but the driver gets paid more money. The minute a driver sees an opportunity to get paid like a driver and not drive you bet. He sits in the passenger seat. You can drive, kid. <laughs> yep. So, and that's where I got a lot of my experience. I I learned from that way, and I I basically had a permit that was slash was a license. I mean, yeah. they knew yeah. after they knew I could drive every time in the truck. You drive, and, uh, and I was with somebody that was training me. It was not the best training there is out there in the world, but it was training. Yeah. Um, coming on the class A trucks or CDL semis was really interesting and nerve wracking because. 
you're working with a bunch of tough guys and rough roughnecks and you're in in a warehouse and the worst thing you can't say is no you will get razzed teased you can call it bullying but that's what you that's what you'd end right. up and get with macho guys you just don't What's wrong with you? You're, you're you're wimpy. You're not you're not cutting the mustard. What are you afraid? You're scared. You're chicken. You all those all those come into play. Yeah. Had an owner operator. We talked, mentioned something about getting my class A eventually. Would love to do it. Coolest thing in the world. Been in them. Seen all the gauges and all the, all the dash right. and all the yeah. lights and it's smooth. It's just the coolest thing. I thought, you know, even seeing my stepdad do it, I was like, this is something I want to get into. Hands me the keys to a fifty three footer sleeper cab. Kenworth, sunroof, decked out, chrome everywhere. I mean, nicest truck you could possibly have at that point in time, I thought, anyways. Wow. Yeah. Hands, me cool. the, <laughs> hands you the keys and goes, well, you see that truck out there? And I go, yeah, that's yours. Hands you the keys. He goes, I need it in this dock, and we go to lunch in about a half hour, 45 minutes. You can get in there. We'll start unloading. We'll start loading it after lunch. He goes, oh, by the way, don't hit anything. <laughs> Whatever you do, he goes, I don't care how long you take out there. He goes, don't hit anything. So, you know, taking the keys, hand in hand, shaking. I can do this. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I mean, it was so nerve-wracking. Oh, but no doubt. You didn't dare do the alternative. <laughs> and smart thing probably would be to say, no, I have no training on doing it. I mean, I had basics. I had watched, you know, it goes opposite. It goes this way. You know, right. I moved right. it a little bit. But it's kind of like doing a car, pulling it forward or pulling it back compared to turning it out of the driveway and driving it down the road. That's where a lot of my learning came from. From that point, I was dead set. I don't want this to be anymore. It, it was boring. It was just an oversized station wagon. I <laughs> want to do this. It took me forever to get it back in there. I was crooked, I do believe. I didn't hit anything. I had cement walls on both sides, so it wasn't an open an open side dock. It was one that went inside a garage, and it was cement barriers on both sides. And He came back. He goes, well, both doors are on. He goes, you look crooked. He goes, but that's perfect back to me. I go, how did I go? I, I, the tractor was all crooked from the trailer. I mean, I didn't hit anything, but it wasn't aligned up right or, yeah. or straight or anything like that. He goes, Well, goes, it'll work. It's perfect back. I go, How is that perfect? <laughs> Definition of a perfect back. I don't know if you know what it is or if. Tell me. I, I, it's very simple. What is it? And most people think to be perfectly straight in the dock. No. Can they get that product on or off that truck? back perfectly and that's perfect there you go <laughs> simple enough and it works in my site because i can't draw a straight line so if there's not a line on the ground i am not backing straight i i'll be the first to admit <laughs> I, i'm sorry that if i do i am going to take complete credit that i knew what i was doing but 10 times out of nine, i won't i'm i'm too much of a perfectionist to to not be straight be straight it, it happens i mean it, it, it totally happens but yeah, it would drive me nuts if I when I'm not if I pull into a parking spot back in whatever and I'm not as straight as I thought I was. Oh yeah, drives oh, me yeah. nuts. It, it's <laughs> and then you know I get on with road captains with a lot of these newer students and it's I laugh and they think I'm laughing at them like well it took me an hour to get back into the dock or whatnot I, I I laugh because I'm laughing with them right because I tell you what in all the years and anybody that says different they're lying I would say more than admit. In a month, you come out of the house uh, off a restart or just come next day, it feels like you're a new driver. You can't hit that dock. It's wide open. And those are the ones that are going to give you a problem. It's not that tight one. Tight one, you're going to go right in. You're going to know what you're doing. You're going to get it right into the dock. Sure. You're going to overthink it. You're just going to be like, 
I stressed over that overnight, and I just went right in. It's that one that's in that big DC. You can't get straight. You can't hit it. The trailer's <laughs> going over to the next door open. You got five open doors next to you. That's the one that's going to give you problems. That's the one you're going to get out, and you're going to be cattywampus to the door. And <laughs> yeah. I, it gets me every time, and it's like. Go figure. I'm not. La- I got to tell him I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I go, this, this is going to haunt you. This is something you don't get better at. It just happens. No one knows why. There's no correction to it. You know what you're doing. You can back in just fine every day of the week <laughs> besides the first time on Monday or first time on Tuesday when you woke up. Or, it's something that just haunts you. And, it, and it's yeah. the only thing in the industry that I know that, that haunts everybody because I've talked to other drivers and they say the same thing. They're like, yep, all the time. There's those days you just can't back into dock for nothing. Neither said it was getting off topic of how I kind of got started in industry. Went from moving, stayed in moving. Left that that particular company. I was young and dumb, and they were kind of a drive. It was Joliet to Naperville, so it was quite the cruise. Back and forth commute every day. So yeah. it kind of wore me out, looked for something a little bit closer. Um, didn't really find anything closer. Moved out more towards where my wife lived at the time in Marseilles and found mm-hmm. another moving job in Peru. It was it was closer, it was all highway driving. Got a Class C non-CDL there and still continued with the same goal of getting Class A. Their whole problem was they didn't do a whole lot of moving with their Class A truck. They did more R&R Donnelly, and they stored rolls of paper, web rolls mm-hmm. for them. So I got the feel of 80,000 pounds there. I, I did pick sure. up that experience. Once again, still only on a permit, but I was going from Peru to Mendota. So it was a little shorter straw, more di- more driving in the semi. I learned a lot more of the shifting and, and watch for, you know, mm-hmm. more hands-on and skills in it. And they just didn't have enough time then. They brought another driver in. I kind of got, we had two C's, and I was like, let's go for A. It didn't work out. I got impatient. Me and my wife had a a moment where we were young, dumb. We want to try new things. Now's the time to do it. No kids, just us. We're sick of Illinois. We want out of Illinois. I go, we're not married at the time. We weren't, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. I said, I'm out of here. You know, he's the father or, you know, it's harsh world. I didn't say it exactly that way. Look. I'm getting out of Illinois. You can come with me or I don't know what to tell you. You can, you can follow. And she goes, no, I'm with you on it. She, she was hundred percent with me. Went out to Colorado, stayed out there. Um, no, no plan intact. I mean, this, I mean, you want to <laughs> talk about most people when they move nowadays, they, they go, well, we're going to find a place out there. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, this was. So, so you just up and decided to move out of state, move to Colorado. Better opportunities. Yeah. Is what I thought. I With I, no actual plan in place. Right. I got sick of being pushed around by my CDL. I go, I, you know, if I'm going to make a life, I'm not going to struggle to make it here in Illinois. I'd rather struggle somewhere. I love Colorado. Colorado just beautiful scenery. Went out there. No plan intact. I mean, had camping on the land and limbed on the land. There was free camping at the time. It's called mm. Dan, it was called Dan's Land. It's uh, by Arkansas Headwaters right outside of Salida, Colorado. Stayed there. Did what we could till we money. <laughs> We need money. Yeah. <laughs> Went to McDonald's, kind of scraped up money there. Young and dumb once again, looked at my wife and proposed to her and said, let's get married. And it's not going to It's I've been together for uh, <laughs> close to 25. I've been married for almost over 19 of it. So. Congratulations. So, yeah. So we, we were five years before and we married. We got married in, in 2000. So 
We got 19 years of marriage yeah. in September, and then five. That's right. Okay. Didn't matter. I had to think about that one. She would have probably killed me <laughs> if I missed that tough. one. And she's no. like, you got close. She, she'd give me credit, but she's not that picky anymore. She used to be, but uh, yeah. Um, got married, small wedding. Uh, I looked at it as, last thing I want to do, but the last thing we need is more debt. I mean, we don't even know where we're going at long. A, a wedding on top of the fiasco right. sure. of it, and it. And I told her, I go, my meaning of it is, is I love you, and a piece of paper doesn't matter. Why do we have to go in debt? Never understood that about marriage. Why people have elaborate weddings and they just kill themselves with debt? It just goes on. But a point again, <laughs> <laughs> that part where we got married when we came back, we ran out of money. We came back. Lasted about a year here. Went back to my moving job. Went back into old things that I had going on here. Got another bug. Said. I'm sick of Illinois again. <laughs> Back out to Colorado we go. This time with a plan. We had a plan. We went okay. into an apartment. We thought it. We got a little, a little more maturity get in. That we're not just young kids. We're not just going to run and that make this work. We got a little bit more of a plan. We're going to go into town. We got an apartment set up. We got more financial gain on. We got we got somewhat of a plan here. Um, worked out great. We went to uh, Cannon City. From Salida over to Canyon City, where we got married in Salida. We stayed at just south of, which is south of Colorado Springs. Stayed there for a while. Realized jobs were in Colorado Springs, which was quite the cruise. It, it was a good <laughs> 25, 30 yep. miles to work every day. Didn't realize it. I had more job opportunities than I could imagine because all the military bases yeah. were down there. And at the time, Gulf War, Afghanistan, Taliban, all that stuff. But they were moving troops in and out. I mean, we, they there was jobs just... Popping out over the place. Mm-hmm. I never had so many job offers that land on my table for moving. And I was like, I got, told my wife, I came home. I go, I can't believe this. She goes, what? I go, I got like three people I got to choose from. They mm. all want me, but I have to make the best decision. Before one. I was just happy. Oh, happy. Yeah, yeah, you hired me. You know, I was just lucky, lucky stars that, and blessed that I had a job. Now I get my choice. I was like, this is going to take some thought. Picked a company. Great. We're putting you in the hot seat. We're going to promote you. This is everything I wanted from Illinois companies and moving. I wanted them to promote me, make me a driver, get me in the CDL training and everything. Sure enough, that all worked out. Did it in a kind of a moment. You're getting about 25, 26 to start shifting your path of what you want to do. Trucking is obviously what I want to do. I work too hard. All this training. all You know, I say my training comes from myself, but it came from about 20 different people. Over the time mm-hmm. of the course of the years, I took this from this person. I took this from this person. I took this person. Yep. Never once went out with a trainer. Never once went to a school for it. It was all hands-on and skill. And right. now I'm here at Newsbomb, which is great. So, And I get to pass that on through road captaining and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's been, a, and that's where I say, you know, I didn't go to school for this stuff. And you got to learn, you know, people are coming out of school. It's great that they did. They pick up on some of it, but a lot of it I'm finding out that the schools don't teach you. That it's elementary first one, and it's like, yeah. wow, how did they miss? How did they miss this important fact at school? Yeah. You know, this is so elementary basic. Is from what I thought, and picked up a long time ago. But needless to say, got my CDL out there, came back, and well, first came back, started with farmers, had a great farmer, five trucks, fleet. Got my touch into the over the road part of that a little bit. I went to experience of wintertime in Minnesota. It just, I oh was boy. floored by it. 
at the time, we're just going over the road. That's all I see. They're ice on the cake, and we're going, we're going to Minnesota. We're going out of state in a big truck. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, not everybody sells the roads like Illinois. I found out the hard way. Um, so, yeah, we're doing grain in the summertime. We're running seed corn again, packaged seed corn to the farmers in the, in the, in the wintertime. All you had was you had to do it the old school. A lot of a lot of the older drivers will remember this time, and they'll be like, "Yeah, that's how it was." You had a motor carrier map. Right? Yeah, it, it has pictures in it. it. Has roads in it. Can you yep. believe it, Philip? Um, <laughs> it has all a bunch of information in the front that's helpful for a lot of drivers. Uh, bridge laws, light limits, and all all that fun stuff. Also, another great tool was called the Gazette. I don't even know if they make them anymore. It shows. Like Hudson Road out here, it shows all the back roads that aren't marked on normal maps. Yeah. Most GPSs will say it's not even a road. Right. An unpaved road is what will probably come up on a GPS, but right. the road actually has a name. It's 500, 600, 504 W North. Exactly. Just like Hudson's address <laughs> here. <laughs> there, there's a road longitude and name, and the numbers go up or they go down. And yeah. And, it, and that's how you found the farmers. You, you got close. If you couldn't get a hold of them, you looked on that. Sometimes they had directions that you could follow through with the Gazette. Um, cell phones, it was all you paid by the minute. Right. Text right. only had 500 words, and, and I think there were minutes, 60 minutes on the phone. Uh, unlimited was not a thing. No, no, definitely <laughs> was not. So you were afraid that you, you had these things on walls called pay phones. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a concept. They had them hanging on the wall. I actually got a picture of one at a customer, I think. And it still exists. It's still it's on the wall. I had to pick it up. It does not work. Oh. And there, there is no ringtone. I go, I'm making a call. I don't even. I picked up the phone, and it was great. I picked up the phone, and then I looked at it. I looked at the dial pad. I looked back at the phone. I go, this is not going to work. I go, because it does not know call wife. It doesn't right. know call dad. It doesn't There's know call down, mom. Right? They're, they're not know call call so and so. It voice assistants got not there. Yeah. And there's probably not going to be anybody saying a fight when you say the wrong name. Did you say this guy all this and you haven't talked to him in ten years? It's like, no, I didn't say it. Fight with I just hung it up. It was oh, nice. Funny. Took a nice little picture. I said they did exist. It's not a figment of imagination. But so um, where were we? <laughs> I know we ran down kind of a rabbit hole there again. Um, and I you told up in you this Minnesota. was going to happen. Yeah. Back to experience. Um, got the feel for over the road. Um, came back to Grand. It let up. He had to lay off. The money wasn't there. I mean, you can't tell comment to, to say, uh, hey, we're not making any money this month. Neither are you. Um, no more. <laughs> so we had to do something. I started flipping through the mighty almighty web that we had to, the connection and it was just people were just starting to put recruit nets picked a company and sitting motor lines out of joplin missouri they went all 48 they decided to cut back closed doors and i think they were just picking people furthest out and narrowing it down to joplin basically and uh sure kind of got a feel for jobs outside of where you live too far away from Told me, locked me in, and said, "This is how it is." And sorry to let you go, but we're letting you go. Here's your bus ticket. Yeah, I'm like, you guys, you guys are cruel and unusual punishment. I go, we got a small apartment, just like most of the guys in Newsbomb have a small apartment out there in that truck. I mean, we got TV, microwave, 
the whole nine. I mean, it's our miniature house. Right. Yeah. And you're telling me you want to put it on a bus. I go, you're not getting it. Well, you can sell some stuff as was their idea. I go, no. I go, give me the money for the bus ticket. It's eight hours from my house. Have my wife come all the way down there. Drag it all the way back. I told my wife, I go, I'm never doing it again. That's it. I'm sticking around here. Um, down to a company, Decatur. I'll mention no names. Another one out in Eureka, over the, all over the road. Yeah. Um, stayed at the company for about four years. Did really good. They went two weeks out. The standard over-the-road company at the time had a guarantee. It was great, um, just much like they, like here. Stayed there for four years, and in four years, I, just, I, I felt they went downhill. There was no uphill climb, nothing getting any better, so I had to make the change. Um, went back to local driving. Tried that out for a while. Until the epiphany of, I guess, driving safer came into mind. Was always, go, go, go. Do anything for you. You got to load. I'll haul it. Yeah, we shouldn't. Okay, it needs tanker endorsements. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Is there a scale was my biggest thing. I'm not going through the scale. I won't get caught. I'm invincible. I'm a good driver at the time in my head. All that going through. Messing around with your corn. Heaviest load I've ever hauled. Yes, it's illegal, I know. 105,000 on five axle. Walking floor trailer. Walking floor moves moves the load to the back of the trailer. So I was impressed by it. More weight we could put on these things. Boss didn't like it to yell that at wear and tear on equipment. And you get caught with that, it's not a high problem. They're going to build a drill around you. Um, knew all the warning signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never going to happen to me. Hong grain, Friday afternoon. Monday through Friday is what we worked. Wanted to go home. Elevator's closing. It's 4 o'clock. He's not going to get his grain to the elevator the farmer I was working for. It was just hauling grain out of the field. It was harvest. He's like, look, I got this buggy, this buggy, this buggy. I need my equipment empty. It's going to sit. We're done in the field. It's just going to sit on a buggy, get wet. The moisture content's going to go up, blah, blah, blah. I need it to go to the hop, to, to the co-op. And if I come back, it's only like nothing. I'll be coming back for just crumbs. So I'm like, yeah, throw it all in. I go, DOT's gone by noon usually. They're not going to be out on the road checking for weights. Portables are up. It's Friday. One load. I'm going distance equivalent, maybe 20 miles to the co-op to drop the grain off or the elevator at the river. Um, heading down Route 71. Coming into Ottawa. I was going south in Ottawa. Driver in a pickup or a kid, um, about 20 years old, decided he was racing his truck, Dodge Ram truck, up a, a Side road coming up to me, and he has a stop sign. I'm on 71. I have the right of way both ways. I have the right of way. He has to stop. See him coming up quick, and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's cruising a distance, but I hope he starts slowing down that stop sign. I keep seeing him out of the corner of my peripheral vision looking out the road. Notice he ain't slowing down really a lot. He goes behind some silos that are right on the corner blocking me from the stop sign to the silo. Only oh, next time I'm going to see him after he hits the silos at that stop sign. And I knew this. So I come up on it, and he's still gunning for the stop sign. I'm like, whoa, he's going to miss the stop sign. I'm predicting where he's going to end up as far as if he stops now. I start to swerve into the oncoming lane because it's clear, at least path of destroy, you know, avoidance. Sure. I might clip him, hoping he stops. Maybe I, I clip him or anything, or if he goes the same way, I push him with me, or I might get around him, you know. A lot of chances if he's going the same way with me or stops. He decides to counter my action of me going into the oncoming lane, and decides that while I'm going south, he's going to try to turn north in front of me. 
and we're talking meat of this wall here. There was no room. I got out the words for point of contact. This is going to be bad. This is going to be, and there was no other very bad. Um, took him into a cornfield. I T-boned him. Um, driver, I hope, was killed on impact because otherwise he, I don't want to think about him suffering. Um, they could only measure four feet of, stri- of uh, skid marks from my tractor trailer. I put this out there. I don't mean to dwell on it or scare tactics or anything like that. But there are two couple points on there. The driver was killed on impact. His brother was in the car. He blew the stop sign. He was at fault. I was somewhat at fault, but it wasn't the factor that that it was my fault, the reason what the accident happened. It was completely, the accident happened completely on his fault. No fault of mine to the extent. Um, out of the tickets, I did get an overweight. Mm-hmm. And this is the point I'm making about bringing this up. We all have our skeletons and our hurtful past. And I guess my message out there is don't get complacent of what you're hauling. What you're hauling is bigger than you think, larger than you think. And well, when you think you're in control of 80,000 pounds, you're really not. You're a guidance system for that thing. And I say that because, like I said, I was invincible, thinking the brakes were going to stop me. Loaded all that grain on there. Time they pulled it all away, all the damage. They didn't have the hood on it. They had a lot of missing parts. They put it on the record. They put it on the cat scale, and they weighed the truck. Weighed 86,000 pounds on five axles. Brakes did no good when I hit the brakes. They were there. They slowed it down. They didn't. I remember pulling every brake. I stood on the brake pedal, pulled the valves, Johnny Bar down. My last thing I remember was grabbing the gear shifter. It was in 10. It was in, it was in top speed, and I left it there. I was going to pull it in neutral. I left it there, and a quick thought came into my mind. I leave it in gear. It dies. The truck dies. It's in gear. It's no free rolling. Bringing it in neutral, it's free rolling. That was the last thought before impact. That I remember clearly grabbing every brake you have on the truck and just standing there. And <laughs> brace for impact. There's nothing else you could do. Um, on a side note of that, it was the weight that scared me the most. And got above has a ulterior plan to put me back in the truck. I don't know why. Um, had 86,000 pounds. Went into that cornfield. Alone from the fatality part. You think that truck is that load's going to stay behind you. I was in a completely straight line. I don't know if they actually got it apart on its own, but they ended up eventually getting it apart. The kingpin on the on the grain that I, grain hopper bottom I had went through the fifth wheel, and it's U-shaped, and then center points up top. It only had six inches left to go before it split the fifth wheel in half, and it was coming through the cab. Through the cab. So, um, moral of the story. Don't get complacent. Expect the unexpected. I expected him to stop. He didn't. Um, hence again, why <laughs> I love News Bomb. I love the fact that they strive on going slow. Um, brought it up to, I'm on Jeremy's point. You go slower, you have more time to react. Don't think you're ever going to not, it, it's not going to happen. Don't be that guy that, don't be that driver that says it's never going to happen to me because it's going to catch you. You can drive fast. Oh, I'm good at driving fast. It's never going to happen to me. Not the accident, you know. And then there's going to be that time. I could have been driving slower. I could have been legal weight. I could have. And that's the part that bugs me. It's not the situation that happened does bother me. I'm hurt by it. I I think about it every day. Cars pull out in front of us all the time. And, yeah, I 
I tense up. I, it's something that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Had a moment when, after the report, long story short, um, the state trooper came in, shot his book. He goes, off the record, that's why I know something. Like I said, I take no credit for this because there's no skill on this. He goes, I just want to know how you took it, truck, off-road, and managed to keep my semi in a completely straight line. When it came to rest, the hyperbottom man tried to trailer in a complete straight line. And he was just like, I don't understand how you did that. Noting that we didn't know the kingpin was through the fifth wheel either. So there's probably no swivel room when it does that or travel. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things playing on that. But he was more impressed that he goes, I don't understand how you're just, it's rolled over. Your, right. There's more, there's more devastation than what happened. I mean, it's cut and dry. You know, he did what he did. Um that was that. That was a big, big learning experience, and it, and it haunts you every day. It feels like it happened yesterday, and I'm sure the guys that here or the few guys that have fatalities that are yeah. out there will reconcile with it and say, "Yeah, it stays with you every day." You know, I know we had one here that was uh, up on eighty. It made news, and it was the guy's just suicide by truck. And, yeah, you know, I I didn't feel bad for the for the person who made suicide. I felt bad for the driver because I know exactly, it, it stays with them. I know exactly how. Maybe not all, you know, mine was a little different. It was a car accident. His was a little different because it was actually person on person. That would be just horrifying in my eyes. He's got one up on me as, as far as traumatizing, and yeah. I just couldn't imagine. I couldn't fathom that, that factor. But what Was it difficult for you after that to get back in the seat of the truck? Um, I took about two weeks off. Gathered thoughts, motions. It's my fault. It's always the driver's fault. My eyes. You did something wrong. What'd you do? What could you have done differently? Why? Yeah. Well, you played every emotion that, that the body has to play with you. Then you went through, and it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. You go through so many emotions, it's not even funny. Um, luckily for the farmer, he came up, and he goes, not pushing you. I got to run. Take it or leave it. Thought about it. Looked at my wife and said, I got to do this. Um, got back in the truck. It was probably the hardest day of my life. Nerves, motions, pressed the brake, clenched up, grabbed the steering wheel. Five miles lasted 500 miles in my eyes. I mean, I took it slow. I took it easy. I probably drove the smoothest I had ever drove in my life. I mean, <laughs> I probably was doing 10. I, I mean, I probably was probably just doing 10. It felt like I was doing 100. I only went five miles. It felt like 500. It was such a nerve-wracking experience of remembering that day of getting back in, but I told him, by the end of the day, I got back in the seat. I started, my nerves started to ease. I looked at my boss. I told him, thank you. I go, because if I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. If it wouldn't have been for him pushing, I would have probably never thought about getting into it. And why I did it is I told myself I got to do it now. If I can do it now, I can do it anytime. And when I did it, end of the day, came back, thanked him. I said, I'm ready to go. I'm, I, you know, It kind of helped me come with peace. What happened, the trauma that happened, 
and getting like you said back in the truck is just was that first day was just ever so painstaking haunting nerves anxiety anything you can think of i mean it it really hits you i mean it's why i'm in here <laughs> it was a white truck that crashed i'm back in a white truck I, the color didn't change. I mean, I mean, I had nothing going that changed this outcome when I got in that seat to go, it's going to be different. It's going to be a totally different day. It's not the same day. It's just like, dun, dun, dun. It's the same <laughs> oh, scenario. Yeah. Why are we going? Why are we going to do this? It's insane. But yeah, I'm glad I did it. Now, what I'm, I think it made me come out there is the moral of the story. Don't get complacent and just try to be as safe as possible. So, so from that, experience and you know not being complacent how has that truly affected your driving to this day how has that changed how you approach each day um i i made me definitely more aware of my surroundings and unpredictable people um following distance i was i guess i was kind of bad at it till i came here so coming here really opened my eyes of you know i was i was like that driver out there that drove the speed limit and went around the slow trucks and swift and went around and just you know rode with the pack and it takes a lot and then people coming in straight into the door in his to drive slow you know i hear it all the time can't drive slow oh it drive me nuts i can't i can't do it i can't Absolutely. do it yeah hear that but all the they'll time. tell you this is the point that kills me they'll tell you they're the best driver out there Oh, I've been driving 37 years. I'm not going to drive slow. Okay, but but you haven't tried neither. This is this is where my argument gets. Oh, I, I get it all the time. I, I sometimes do it for entertaining at truck stops because you do get the Billy Big Rig owner operator. And it, just to start a comment, he's like, why do you drive so slow? You know, even at you tell people you drive slow, you're getting this fuel mileage. It st- usually starts with fuel mileage, by the way. It doesn't just go right into the speed. We're pulling... 10s and 11s and 9s, and I, I tell them pretty much 10s on a, on a, every day. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to pull 10 miles a gallon out of these trucks. Oh, that's 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 unheard of. That, that's not what you're getting. That's not. Yeah, it's what we're getting. And I've told them, I go, I'm not oh, yeah. going off the odometer. I'm going off old school pen and paper. You, How many gallons you put in, how many miles you drove, that gives you accuracy. You know, drive, driving, you know, people say they can't drive slow. It, it was difficult. I thought it was, you know, I was the same way. I'm not going to drive that. So that's just ridiculous. It's, it's just, I, I drive 65. That's where I'm comfortable. Just like every testimony here on Newsbound, once you do, it's the best way to drive. Stress goes away. You're away from it. You don't realize it until you, and the hard part is, yes, they're exactly right. You can't drive 60 because you can't do it. It's too hard. You have to condition yourself to drive that slow. Once you start driving that slow, man, will you ever see how dangerous it is out in the real world? Once you take that foot, I mean, I, I feel like it's just one step, putting one step back and getting the bigger picture of everything. And so much comes into play from, we see it all the time. We see the trucks falling too closely. The newest one is, it bothers the heck out of me that I want to get away from it so bad, is I call it safety in numbers. You will look in your rearview mirror and you will have a pack playing pole position in back of you the whole entire time they're approaching you from the rear and you're looking out your mirror. And there'll be five, six, seven, eight trucks all within two feet of each other. I mean, it's just, I was like, man, deer jumps out and you guys are all just having an accordion effect and going to be at a Absolutely. party. 
I'm unfortunately going to be stuck behind you because you're going to blow through me. I actually slow up. I, I when I see that going on, it's like no, I'm drop. I, I usually take it around 60, 62. I see a big herd of trucks coming. I'm probably more of the hazard because I'll slow down on them. I just want away from them, let them maneuver around me. I mm-hmm. really don't want any particular into that. Him. You know, yeah. I don't want to be in that party when it goes when it goes awry at seventy miles an hour and you're five trucks in because no one can see around yeah. each other. It's, and it doesn't happen a lot, but it can. Happen right. anytime, 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 and you got drivers out there that just go, 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 go. Um, other thing, people, oh, it's the LD, we got to go, it's a countdown clock. It's always been a countdown clock, we've just never done it legally. As in, okay, okay, <laughs> thank the you. Flexibility is gone, people, which thank you, aka is also called lies. <laughs> we were able to do it illegally and that's what we got complacent with right of the hours of service and why we got an eld hours of service have always been there if anything we've gained time and this is going to shock and people are going to yell at me i can already hear it he doesn't know what he's talking about tit for tat on a logbook we've gained time be happy about what you lost no what do you mean paper log it's like a man in 15 minutes not by the minute only takes me 10 minutes to feel by law it takes paper log you how, how do you do 10 you gotta do 15 then when you get caught in that five minutes because you hit somebody coming out of the pilot hasn't been your 15 minute now you've falsified a log and on top of that how much time would you spend filling out a log yeah, yeah. To, 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 to draw the line to make it accurate make, your make it accurate or, or rewrite your history or you know Whatever. Correct. How, how much time did you spend doing that? I mean, oh, not, end yeah. of the day, it was at least 20 minutes. Counting, adding up your recap, adding up your hours of duty status, and adding up sleep or birth and, and previous days and, and certifying whether you wanted to certify it or not. Rewriting the whole day because you can't put, you work 16 hours on there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, that's not even no point, but tip for Ted on a, on a let's do legal to legal, 14 hour day, paper logs lose a minute by minute. I mean, losing hands down. So in one point of that time, you're going to be false. Most of the time, you're going to be false because you're just going, you're rounding up or down. So a lot of times you're going to be false. You're gaining every minute of that. Yeah. So ELDs, ELDs, you're gaining more time. Legally, legally, once again, legally. It's, it's not reality, right? The truth. I mean, yeah. ELD, I mean, it's what you did, right? Yeah. So. ELD keeps it, keeps it honest and, and it, it's not. Those regulations have been there. They haven't changed in a long time. And now long you don't time. you just don't think about that. I mean you just you do what it is and you, you got you can't play by the minute. And I, I like these no names mentioned, but I like these Facebook ones that come in. Woo! Made it down, got a minute. Two things going through my head on that one is <laughs> I don't mean to criticize any minute. There's a lot of guys, that's how we make money, we gotta do it on by the minute and it's fine. You're gonna do that ten, fifteen times. That sixteen times is gonna burn you. You're going to be on the phone with Mitch, and Mitch going to be like, you shouldn't have stopped earlier. You should have thought about it. You played it to the minute. You didn't get there because there was a crash in front of the pilot. Now you're asking for forgiveness for, or, for or Mitch. Or worse, when, you, when you're pushing that, and then now you're involved in an incident Yeah, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Over hours, you're in violation. Violation. You're asking for forgiveness because it's not your fault. And now you've not only put yourself potentially, not in just a hot seat, I mean in, in some serious hot water, but... 
a company entirely as well, a bunch of other individuals' lives. If you end up in a situation in violation where, say, you, you even just so much as tap another vehicle or something happens and, and you're caught, that can change a lot of things. <laughs> you're caught. You're, you're now in violation. Now that you get a ticket and the cop lets you go into the truck stop, you're still going to answer the mission in the morning. You're over an hour. It's, gonna, yeah. it's not going to fall into a It's going to safety, but it's also going to fall into a violation on top of it. So you're going to have a bad scene on top of a bad scene. You're not going to have a good morning the next morning or the, probably the following one after that. And I, I totally get <laughs> the mentality. It's it's Friday. It's the end of you know, the week, week, and I'm Guilty. just trying to Guilty. I totally I, get it. I, I say I drive slow all the time. I don't. I mean, Thanksgiving, I was out for three weeks prior. Worst score on the scorecard I ever got. I got like an eight point eight on speed management and throttle. I was on throttle all day. I, but um, yeah, it was Thanksgiving. I'm going home. It's been one blur of a week for three weeks on the road, going to Portland, and coming back. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, there's times you're you're not gonna always be going slow. You're not always gonna be the safest driver out there that you know you can be. And but if you do it a majority of the time, well, then it'll start coming. At you. Yeah, it will. It will. And yes, it I, takes practice. I feel bad. I make Newsbound look bad because I hold up the line going into a pilot or going around a corner or taking the whole green arrow up. I go, but I would like to see that complaint. <laughs> I get the following too close because someone jumped in front of me usually a lot of times. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah it's it, you're going to feel that way. I mean, yeah. and I tell that to people like, don't. You drive your truck. You can't let them bother you. Otherwise, you're going to drive how they drive, and it's going to be more dangerous. I, I'm not driving a, you know, for money, you know, not doing professional driving, and I'm not being scored on my driving. Well, I am with my State Farm discount stuff. But anyway. Um, but so, but, but, same, but, but, but same that is part You're of doing it. that to keep more money. You're making I, I, more I am, money. I'm getting, I'm getting a discount, you're, right? You're doing the same thing, right? But I know, like, I had my wife. We were in separate vehicles. She was driving behind me one time, and. She, she, after we get home, she comes out. You are so frustrating to drive behind. <laughs> Do you realize how infuriating it is? <laughs> you know, slow takeoff, nice ease into the stop signs, easy turns. I, I part of it is I, I want to be safe. I have not always been that way. I used to, I'll look, I have done the hundred miles an hour plus plenty of times in my life. Uh, and, but I have slowed down. I, I, I have even as a non-driver here at Newsbomb, I've bought into the philosophy of how we try to train our drivers. Uh, and that's part of why for anybody that knows my dad and, you know, training the drivers where I really want to have that challenge with him one-on-one, <laughs> 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 -on -one. but it, it does take practice. It doesn't just come naturally. You've got to do it. And eventually, and over time, you don't even, you're not thinking about mm -mm. how that I came to a complete stop at a stop sign. And that was a big one for me when I came to Newsbound. Believe it or not, I mean, you're, you're saying fuel, just keep the truck rolling and, and then come to a stop. But yes, you're technically at a stop. You're creeping forward, you're rolling. But you actually never hit that brake to actually come. And I am out. absolutely by no means perfect at that. In fact, there, right it's out probably here is horrible. I think I got 50, most 50. of mine from the stop sign out here at Newsbound, the two that are at the end of the street. I think 
is probably the. I, I hope there's places. no law enforcement listening here, but <laughs> there that is, is that is going to jail, th- that so. is the one stop sign that I I, <laughs> I tend to just roll on through. The, just just the, the the one here on our on, on our, our road. road, not the one going out to correct. Yeah, correct. But it's real easy to do. It's right there. Is, that's the one. And that you I know you're stopping just ten feet from the other <laughs> yeah. one. You know, I mean, it's so I, easy to do. Guilty, right? Yeah, but it, but it takes practice. It definitely does. But it starts to become more second nature. To do it, you're not thinking about that. And then you start to look at everybody else. You start seeing everybody else, and you're like, I bet they thought they stopped. They did not stop at stop. all. <laughs> stop. stop sign. Um, and I, and you, you, you start to have people that, you know, seem to be in way more of a hurry than you are, that are passing around you making dangerous passes. And they're riding inches off your back bumper. Yeah. Um, I look at it this way. You're making them stop because they're going to blow the stop sign. <laughs> but I can tell you this. I have not once been in an accident because I was driving slower or just taking easy movements. movements yeah. Have I ticked people off? Sure. sure. Yeah. Have I incited some road rage? Maybe that's on them. Right. You know, at that it's point. It's called driving. They got to drive their car. You got to drive your, your. But even if someone did rear end me at some point in time, that's. You can't control that. I, you can't control that. You could do doing. It could be happening at a slow speed. It could be happening at a fast speed. I would rather somebody rear in me than me rear in somebody <laughs> else. Yes, exactly. And you'd rather have that happen at a slow speed than a faster speed. Absolutely. I mean, you could do the same thing at a faster speed, and that's where all that reaction time comes in. You have more. Everything com- becomes more, right? And, and well, the damage doesn't become more. The only thing you think gets less is damage. You know, you're, you're going to have more reaction time to it. and Yep. The damage and, and you know cost of everything, the value of life, especially in my situation from the fatality. Right, you, you preserve the life, and and just to put it out there that ever the fatality accident, going back to that, if it ever happens again, I tell my wife I can't do it. I won't. Yeah. I, I won't be in trucking at all. I, <laughs> I'll be behind. Or I'll be taking your job, Phil. Radio here <laughs> and, on. and doing the podcast twenty four seven. You know, I think th- there's something to that. As soon as you prioritize the value of of life, life. of life, not just yeah. your own, yeah. Of others. But everyone around you, and if if that truly becomes a priority, I think will change a lot of perspective. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. on on, and, on how you do and out there, you know, the day. You, you get it from drivers. Well, I couldn't help it. They came in front of me. They pulled in front of me. They they slammed on the brakes in front of me. You almost got to kind of predict that they're going to do that. The, the guy running up on the zipper that's keeping pace with you in the merge. Is he right? Is he wrong? Guess what? He's gonna he he has it in his mindset to outmaneuver you. Let him. Yeah. I mean, it. I think yeah. one of our other drivers said it the best. He's well known in news bombs, so I'm going to put it out there because I heard it on your podcast. AJ, yeah, let stupid happen. Yep. It was very good words of wisdom, and I want to give him a shout out on that one because I don't want to take any credit from his glory and his thunder of <laughs> advice and words of wisdom that he has because he has a ton of knowledge on it. I'm, and um, I'm sure he'd be blushing to hear you say that right now. Yeah, but. I just want to throw that out there because, you know, I, and that's what's great about these podcasts is throw a shot back out to, out to you. Some of them, yeah, you didn't pick up anything. Some of them, yeah, I turned it out and that was kind of a boring one. Other ones, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I mean, there are AJ, no you get, boring episodes here, Mike. What do you... To, what to are you trying to say? Of opinion, um, no, you're right. There are none. There are none. I look. I look forward to hearing how many phone times it rings before they actually pick up on the beginning of terminal exchange. I count them. You're right. I do pick up on a little more new stuff that you didn't pay attention to. Every one of them, you know. No, it, I, 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 <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. No, it was just less interesting to 
some of them are less interesting. Some of them are talking, you know, more about, you know. But we'll have to see what everybody thinks about this episode. Oh, um, we're going to jail. I, already told you that. <laughs> I hope you're not afraid of jail or bracelets because they're not here yet. But they'll be here by noon. I'm sure they've already been called. Be sure to buzz back to the hive next week as we learn about Mike's hobby of beekeeping. It'll be a sweet episode full of interesting bee facts and observations. Don't get stung and miss out on this episode and find out what all the buzz is about next Tuesday as we talk to Mike Stumwriter about earning his class B license and making honey. I guess you could call it a bit of a sticky situation. All right, I, I promise I've used up all my bee puns. You won't have to bear through them next time. Sorry, I'll behave myself now. Did I miss any? I think I got them all. People will still come listen to this, right? Oh, I'll behave. You see what I did there? Bear through it. Bears like honey. Um, I'm going to buzz out of here. See you later. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.